the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Kathy Emmons from the Word FM studios. Without, however, my sidekick, John Hall, who's taking another day off, I think it's the excessive sunshine. I think it's the low humidity, the beauty of the outdoors, and John's just decided he's just not coming back. You know, I mean, I've tried to drag him in every way I can. You know, I thought I would go over there with, you know, uh, like food. You know, I'd, I'd, you know, bring him an Eaton Park pie and see if that might, you know, make him come in. He said, no, 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 no. And I went over and I gave him a couple of pirate tickets and it turned out he was already going to the game last night. So that didn't even count. And, you know, I was kind of running out of ideas. I was thinking, OK, do I give him a puppy? Like, what do I have to Anyway, the bottom line is John Hall taking another day off, um, but we've got a fantastic show ahead today. Uh, we're going to talk about families helping families in crisis. We've got Rachel Walker from an organization called Safe Families for Children, which is a national organization. It's got a chapter right here. We'll talk about that this hour. Um, next hour, we're going to talk about Joan Namath, who says that, remember that infamous Susie Colbert interview he did? Remember where he was, you know, clearly intoxicated and all he wanted to do was kiss her? Well, he says that that interview was a blessing in disguise. We'll talk about Joe Namath in our second hour. Also, we'll talk about vaccines for the common good. So we know about the measles outbreak. We recognize that there are people who look at vaccines differently. And so we're trying to prevent or trying to present, I should say, both sides. So we'll talk to uh, Rebecca Randall at five o'clock first about why Christians, some Christians, that is, refuse vaccinations on moral grounds. And then we'll talk to Dr. Rick Zimmerman here from UPMC about the need for vaccines, as I said, for the common good. And coming up in just a little bit, I'm so excited to introduce you to Adam Savage, the star of the Discovery Channel's Mythbusters. He's one of the most beloved figures in science and tech and one of my favorite TV hosts of all time. I got to interview him a couple days ago, and we got so much good feedback on the interview. We aired it in the five o'clock hour today. I want to air it for you guys who listen at four o'clock. So we'll be listening to Adam Savage in just a couple minutes. But hey, before we break for Adam, I want to tell you some great news. You may be familiar with the name Asia Bibi. Now, we heard about Asia Bibi at least... I don't know, at least 18 months ago. She was a farmhand, um, a young woman who lived in Pakistan, married uh, with children. She got into an argument with some Muslim co-workers of hers who were fruit pickers. And um, it led to a blasphemy charge placed against her. Now, Asia Bibi is a Christian, and the fruit pickers were Muslim. And they brought a charge of blasphemy against her, which is catastrophic in the country of Pakistan. And uh, so she has been in prison if you can believe this she has been in prison for 10 years so she came to our attention maybe a year and a half ago um, and it's a shame that it took that long but that's just how news travels through media circles um, 
But the good news that I have to share with you today is that Asia Bibi not only has been uh, released uh, from her prison, but she has left the country of Pakistan. And I'm reading today from the Wall Street Journal, the article by... Saeed Shah and Waqar Ghulani. And they write this, Islamic extremists had threatened to kill Asia Bibi after Pakistan's Supreme Court back in October overturned her 2010 conviction, leaving her in protective custody amid concern for her safety. Now, Pakistan, which offered no comment on Ms. Bibi's departure, had repeatedly said that she would be let go once the legal process was exhausted. But that was months ago. Islamabad feared a violent reaction when she was flown out and wanted to wait for passions to die down first, officials said. So the woman ended up staying in protective custody simply because the crowd was so mad that they thought that Asia Bibi would be killed. Hardliners from the majority Muslim population who have formed an anti-blasphemy movement in recent years, partly in response to this case, had demanded that she not be allowed to leave Pakistan. They would not accept the fact that she was not guilty of blasphemy. Now, the blasphemy issue, as I said, it's incendiary in Pakistan. And those accused, even if they are found innocent, often have to flee Pakistan or risk being attacked by mobs. Asia Bibi wore an all-enveloping burqa to conceal her identity as she got onto the flight to Canada earlier today. Quote, this is good for Pakistan. It's good for Asia Bibi. It's good for everyone, said her lawyer, Saiful Malouk, who has also received death threats for representing her. Pope Francis, the European Union, and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had all championed her cause. Canada's foreign ministry declined to comment on her departure. Now, the months-long wait to leave Pakistan had left Asia Bibi reportedly depressed and fearful of never getting out, which, of course, is no surprise based on what has happened to her over the last decade. Her daughters, who have been in Canada for months, are living in an undisclosed location. And with Ms. Bibi there and facing threats from extremists, Canadian authorities even are expected to maintain secrecy about the family's whereabouts, according to a human rights activist familiar with the situation. Now, this case of Asia Bibi and the threat of attacks on a Christian minority, you know, they have resonated worldwide. So this is even more of a front page issue today. Because this issue resurfaced Easter Sunday, of course, when Islamic State-linked suicide bombers killed more than 250 people at churches and hotels in Sri Lanka. Quote, Asia Bibi's nightmare is over. Thanks to the Canadian authorities for welcoming her and giving her the opportunity to start a new life, said the president of the European Parliament, Antonio Tajani, on Twitter just today. Quote, we must defend, he said, Christians around the world persecuted merely for practicing their faith. British Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt took visiting U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to see the top bishop of the Church of England just today to talk about persecution of Christians around the world. The attacks on mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand and the Sri Lanka bombings were a reminder to protect people from the scourge of religious persecution, including, so thankful to read this, 245 million Christians. Mr. Pompeo, confirming that Asia Bibi is now in Canada, said that there were at least 40 Christians and other religious minorities on death row or serving sentences on blasphemy charges right now, today in Pakistan. Quote, the U.S. must strongly oppose religious persecution and push for the overturning of Pakistan's blasphemy laws, which are wielded as a weapon against religious minorities. 
So this is a day to thank God, not just for the um, for her verdict of not guilty, but for her release from Pakistan, Asia Bibi being uh, reunited with her family. But also it's a day for us to remember to pray for Christians right now, religious minorities who aren't Christians who are held in the jails of Pakistan. There's a lot more coming up on today's Ride Home, so stay close. Adam Savage, star of Discovery Channel's Mythbusters, with me, coming up next on today's Ride Home. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Have you ever thought God just can't use you? You think perhaps God is finished with you. I want to tell you God is no more finished with you than God was finished with the children of Israel just because they sinned. God is the God of a second chance. Learn how you can possess your possessions this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. New message. Your social security number has been suspended. If you do not contact us, your account will be deactivated. Scammers are aggressive when they contact a potential victim. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Don't provide any personal or financial information to these thieves. Call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1-800-269-0271. Five years ago, a National Barna Omni poll discovered that 77% of evangelicals believe we're now living in the end times as described by the Bible. But how can we really know? Don't miss the most comprehensive, in-depth, prophetic end-time seminar anywhere. You'll be amazed at how much information God's Word provides. This informative end-time seminar begins Saturday, May 11th in the morning at Christ Church at Grove Farm. To learn more, go to endtimeseminar.com. That's endtimeseminar.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-881-4747. That's 1-800-881-4747. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-881-4747. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Listen, when I heard that music, people, I had to sit down and pay attention. I loved 
Mythbusters. I, I couldn't believe when I talked to people and they'd say, what's that? They, what do you mean? How are you not watching this show? So happy to have Adam Savage with us today. Adam is a maker, a designer, a television host, a producer, a husband, and a father. He was the co-host of all 278 glorious hours of Mythbusters on the Discovery Channel for 14 years and host of its 2019 spinoff, Mythbusters Junior, as well as several other TV shows. He also makes stuff and tells his stories on his website, which is tested.com. So happy to welcome in Adam Savage. Adam, so glad you're here. What a delightful welcome. That was that was wonderful to listen to. Listen, I'm a geek fan. Now, let me tell you that <laughs> I watched this show when my kids were little. Uh, I would say early elementary school. And then we watched it over the years as they got into junior high. And it was my, and I mean this sincerely, it was my husband and my favorite thing to watch with the kids. Because you know when you're, you have kids of your own. So you know when kids are little, they're just naturally creative. They just make stuff, right? My oldest daughter, my oldest daughter had two imaginary friends. She's going to love that I talk about this on the radio. She had two imaginary (laughs) friends. Her, the first one was called Tuna Batu and the second one was called Helen Camaria. Okay, we're not sure why one had one name and one had two names, but whatever, right? So they're just naturally creative. But there's this weird space that you get into when they're like in fifth grade or sixth grade. They start to notice everybody around them and they start to get afraid. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to get weird. And then all of a sudden, it's like the creativity gets completely smashed because they're afraid of what everyone else is going to say about them. Totally. Yeah, exactly right. My experience is, is, is precisely the same. Yeah. So what is it like? How do you um, how do you encourage? Cre- and it doesn't just happen with kids. I mean, it can happen with adults, depending on your work environment or who your family is or whatever. What do you do when the creativity you're longing to at least attempt, you just feel like gets tamped down all around you? That's just such a wonderful question. And one of the when I was hosting Mythbusters, one of the questions I would get a lot and this is germane to this answer, was how do we get little girls interested in science? And a wonderful female scientist gave me the answer, which was just get the hell out of their way. Right, yes. And you know this with kids. is If you get out of their way and let them explore the things that they're interested in, they're going to understand and discover all sorts of amazing things about the world. And one of the difficulties is, just as you're saying, when you reach 12, 13 years old, your peers start to stand starkly in the way of the things that you're interested in. Because when you get interested in something, it makes you vulnerable. Your passions reveal things about yourself. And there are people who might act in bad faith to use that against you. And the same thing can happen with adults. And we end up growing up feeling like our weird hobbies aren't worth exploring because somehow they're they're less men. And so like my advice about that is get out of your own way. I, I wrote the book as partially of a permission slip to people to explore those strange, weird secret thrills that they feel might not be necessarily useful um, because there's a lot to discover there. Mm-hmm. There is so much to discover there. And, and talk about your story personally, though, because, you know, I only know you from Mythbusters, as do most people. And you write at the beginning of your book that your story is more of a path with many forks. So what did you think you were going to be when you started out? Uh, the very first thing I thought I wanted to do for a living by the time I was like six or seven years old was I thought I wanted to design things for Lego. Oh, uh, would have been fun. Right. I just 
that was my entire life was was Lego, and then Star Wars came out when I was ten, and I I in reading magazines about Star Wars like Cine Fantastique and Famous Monsters, I discovered that there were people who actually built that stuff, and I thought, oh, I want to do that for a living, and then. I went through a bunch of different careers. I thought I wanted to be an actor for a while, and then I got into graphic design, and then I got into being an animator, and then I moved to San Francisco. And In every case, you know, the decisions at the end, I ended up working for Lucasfilm. I ended up working for George Lucas on the Star Wars prequels. And so that looks That's like so a fairly cool. linear path. That is so cool that you were but, able to do that. But uh, yeah, and it like it blew my mind. And yet, while it looks linear from the outside, from the inside, I was just making a series of decisions about how things were going that month. You know, doesn't it frustrate you when you see kids who are put into a box as far as what do you want to do? I remember when yes. one of my daughters was in seventh grade. It was like the first week of school, and they had an assembly, and they said, "Okay, so." What do you want to do? Because it, whatever you want to be when you grow up is going to determine what class you take next semester and next year. We want to make sure you're perfectly prepared by the time you graduate from high school so you can get into the right college and so you can. And I thought to myself, I don't know what I want to be. Why is my 13 year old kid going to know what they want to be? I just think it's a I think it's a bankrupt understanding of how our creativity and our lives develop. It totally is. I, I did an interview this morning with a radio host who showed me a list he made of all the greater New York area radio stations when he was 13 years old. So clearly, this is what he wanted his whole life. But for every person like that, countless other people have had seven or eight different careers before they got to where they, you know, when where they are sitting next to you at your workplace. Uh, and I, I, I do think you're right. I think we do a disservice to kids by trying to box them in or telling them that they must choose. Adam Savage is with me, co-host of all 278 awesome hours of Mythbusters. <laughs> Myth, I can't say Mythbusters. It's very hard for yeah, me. Yeah, it's It is on the Discovery Channel for 14 years. And he's the author of the brand new book, which is terrific. And you need to get it immediately. Every tool's a hammer. Life is what you make it. All right, Adam. So you write that the things that we make can give us power and insight, but at the same time, they make us vulnerable and they can expose us. And I, I gotta be honest, I read that and I thought that's the exact thing to me that is the scariest about doing radio is that I want to do it and I want to produce something that's valuable, but you put so it, it, it's so intensely personal while at the same time it's public and you know that you're risking hearing something truly awful coming back at you in the form of an email or a letter to my boss or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. That is the greatest description to me of, of what a life of pursuing something you want to be excellent at is all about. Um, you know, we gravitate towards the kinds of stories we want to share with our fellow members of our culture. Uh, and we seek to tell those stories to the best of our ability. And when you do that, you confront yourself. So you reveal yourself. And yeah, the, putting that stuff out there does make us vulnerable. But it also it also lifts the entire... It, is, it doesn't lift the culture. It is culture, you know? That is, culture is simply all of the members of, of, of a group uh, expressing their experience through their, through their voices, through their bodies, through their hands, through their eyes, through their work. Adam, what do you say to somebody who says, well, you know, I don't paint or I'm not 
you know, I don't write stories or I don't dance or play jazz. Um, I wish I was creative. <laughs> I hear that all the time. And I love pointing out that anything you do that requires all of your ingenuity is a creative enterprise. I've had people tell me, oh, I don't make, I code. And I love pointing out that coding is deeply making, that I consider making to be as broadly defined as anytime you reach out to make something from nothing. Uh, and it is, again, I submit that what we are doing when we make anything, whether it's an algorithm for mining data or it's a, it, it's a table, um, is we are telling stories to mm -hmm. each other. Right. We, are, we are doing what humans have always done. We are using tools and we are sharing stories. And what's better than a good story? Indeed. Oh. Indeed. I, you know, we're so narrow. Like I've heard people say we're addicted to narrative. I don't even think that we're addicted. I think we are narrative. Mm -hmm. I think yes. that the, the, I think we invented language in order to be able to share stories. Yeah. And being able to tell a story in a physical form, like I've just never been able to build anything. And I think that's one of the things that I loved most, most about Mythbusters. Well, plus the quote, I reject your reality and substitute my own, which has just become, it's just become, you know, family language, um, around our house. But I just, I love that idea of being able to pursue something and just give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the other thing that I get a lot is people asking me how to get started, and I, I love just pointing out that merely starting is the most important part. It doesn't matter how, and it doesn't matter what materials you have around you. It's just getting started. And also, actually, really realizing that there are some things that some of us are built for that others aren't. Like, I have lots of great friends who are wonderful screenwriters, and while I love mm. talking to them about movies, I've learned that my brain just doesn't work in the way that theirs does. That I'm not built for writing screenplays, which is fine. That's just how my brain works. I'm built for building physical things. Adam Savage, he's the author of Every Tool's a Hammer, Life is What You Make It, a brand new book that you should definitely get. And the good news is that you can see Adam in person. He's coming to town Saturday, May 11th, 7 p.m. for the Pittsburgh Arts and Lecture Series, which we all know is terrific, at Carnegie Lecture Hall in Oakland. If you find us on our website, johnandkathyshow.com, you can find a link to tickets. I certainly hope to be there um, because Adam Savage is just one of my favorite TV personalities of all time. Adam, you have oh. encouraged me by what you wrote in your book. And so thank you. Oh, thank you. I hope that um, showing your kids Mythbusters didn't cause them to set anything on fire that you cared about. Well, they've become very weird. And I think I blame you. <laughs> it's Adam I'll Savage. Take credit. Good. Every tool's a hammer. Life is what you make it. Hi, this is Chud Shulkin. Join me and head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Steelers players Vance McDonald and Stefan Tuitt, and pastors Brian Loritz and Ed Glover for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 8th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Man Up is a day for all men to work on becoming the best godly leaders they can be. There'll be free food, fellowship, worship, powerful messages, and dynamic breakout sessions. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manuppittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Impact and brought to you locally by Chick-fil-A of Pittsburgh. Pella has done it again with 
with a brand new series called Lifestyle. Wood windows and patio doors delivering solutions for real life. Performance redefined. Unbeatable energy efficiency, sound control, and value. Innovations like integrated blinds, shades, and security sensors. Unique solutions for every room with the best limited lifetime warranty for wood windows and patio doors. For a limited time, get 50% off installation, 12 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Everyone's talking about Better Together, the exciting new talk show by women and for women airing daily on TBN Television Network. Join host Lori Crouch and some awesome women of faith in action. Better Together is a fast-moving 30 minutes of honest, engaging conversation about all sorts of issues. No topic is off limits. That's what Better Together is all about, living, loving, and growing in God's grace together as friends and family. Join in weekdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific for Better Together, exclusively on TBN. Moms, wow, aren't they special? Doesn't that word just warm your heart and make you feel loved? Hi, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, and I am so blessed to get to work side-by-side with my mom every day in our family business. And right now, my mom and I are planning for a special day for you and your mom on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, we barbecue chicken quarters over the open pit outside with our secret butter sauce. Baked beans, corn pudding, coleslaw, macaroni salad, ho-ho cake, and more will bound inside to go along with that tasty, tender chicken. When I was a teenager and we first started cooking for crowds, all my mom wanted for Mother's Day was for us five kids to help get ready to make this a special day for our guests. So bring your family and come hungry to enjoy the wonderful farm-fresh meal that we started all those years ago. Oh yeah, live music and free cones for moms too. Let us share a little of our farm with you. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education, or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Has your child swallowed your medicine, your laundry detergent, your nail polish remover? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you inhaled paint thinner, glue, pesticides? Call the Poison Helpline. Have a question about a dose, a fume, something your kid just drank? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Partly cloudy and mild tonight with a low of 59. Tomorrow will be a variably cloudy day with a high of 79. But we are expecting a couple of strong thunderstorms to move in later in the afternoon. Those storms could bring hail and damaging winds with them. Those storms and rain will continue into tomorrow night. The low will be 62. And for Friday, staying cloudy and not quite as warm with a high of just 71 and a few showers still around. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. Hungry. I hate to say that it's only 4.30. It's not like it's dinner time. But, you know, I was out late last night. I, uh, I shared on the air yesterday that I was at the advanced screening for the brand new Tolkien movie, which is premiering on Friday. And uh, I want to thank the production company. For inviting me to that and I had a great time and um, I liked the film I did and um, so I'm anxious to tell you about it the um, the review that I've written is going to be posted tomorrow and um, and I'll be able to share some of that on tomorrow's show but I will tell you for now um, it's a good film I think if you like Tolkien if you're a fan of uh, the Middle Earth thing 
uh, that you'll get a lot out of the film. I, I don't think it was a perfect film. I thought there were um, a couple pretty serious – no, one, I would say, serious misstep. But other than that, I, I thought it was delightful in many ways. Um, so anyway, but I got home so late last night I had to go right to bed and then I had to get up early and write the review. And so I missed lunch. And I got to be honest with you. When you miss lunch – like I grabbed a banana, but that's not lunch, right? It's just kind of a snack. Anyway, it's 4.30. It's killing me. Anyway, so that's why when I saw this article, I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to share this with the uh, listening audience because this is kind of like eating. It's a story in uh, today's Trib, you know, I, I, about pizza. And, you know, I followed the, um, the tale of Eric Von Hansen. He's the chef from Caliente Pizza and Draft House, which is right on uh, Liberty Avenue in Bloomfield, closely, when he competed in the World Pizza Championship in Parma, Italy, because the dude won. Yeah, our Bloomfield guy won. And, you know, I love Caliente. I've been there a bunch of times. But I've never had his Mima pizza, which is the thing that made, a fam- made him famous and um, won this contest. But there was a long article on the trip today about how he made it. I have to share a couple things with you because this is going to perhaps make you hungry too. Okay, he says that when he was competing in the World uh, Pizza Championships, he took a radically different approach than his competitors. He said while his American opponents brought their ingredients with them, Von Hansen decided to forage for his all over Italy. And the strategy paid off. He ended up winning the Best Pizza in America title for his pan pizza made with locally sourced porchetta, rapini, and cheese. I mean, bring it. Here's my question, though. Why are we doing the Best Pizza in America contest in Parma, Italy? I mean, I'm glad to be in Parma. If someone invited me there, I would say yes. But I'm not sure why that contest is happening there. Anyway, um, the good news is none of us have to leave the Pittsburgh area, according to Paul Guggenheimer's article, uh, to sample Eric Von Hansen's prize-winning Mima Pizza, which is named in honor of his grandmother who emigrated from Italy. The Caliente Pizza and Draft House has made the Mima available at its locations in Aspinwall, Monroeville, Hampton, Mount Lebanon, and of course the one I know, Bloomfield. The 12-cut pan pizza is $29.99, but only 25 of them will be available each day at each location. So get it together and do it fast. Uh, the owner of Caliente, Nick Bogutz, says winning was great, but just being there, working against the, all those competitors, most of them were Italian guys. It was a great experience and a good bonding experience. We had a blast and foraging everything was part of the fun. So as Eric Von Hansen is out there on the Italian countryside gathering his stuff, he says he had to use his imagination to prevent all the good stuff from spoiling. He kept some on the marble windowsill of his hotel room, and he kept some with him in a cooler with ice that he took each morning from wherever they had breakfast. So this guy's walking around Italy with like his little tiny, you know, like igloo cooler. He said, quote, the best part was putting everything on the pizza. Most people do a red sauce, but I didn't want to do anything like add tomato sauce or garlic butter. I wanted the flavor of the rapini, the parmigiano, reggiano, the porchetta, all to really come out on the pizza. I wanted the natural flavors that I pillaged all over the countryside in Italy to represent that pizza. Are you kidding me? Does that sound fabulous? Has anybody had this? If you have had this pizza, the Mima, I need to know immediately because I need a personal um, like review of it. Like I'm going to give you on the film tomorrow. I need a review of the pizza. So uh, find me on Twitter, direct message me there or Facebook or Instagram, whatever you want to contact me. I, I need to know about it. He says that he starts with the dough, but he, so he so last week at Caliente's and Aspen wall, they, they, they like showed people a peek of how they put it all together. 
So they go into this big description. I won't give you of how they do the dough. But then he put locally sourced greens flavored with crushed plum tomatoes on top of the dough with peppered bacon, salt, pepper, garlic. Then he added the shaved porchetta and the cheese and olive oil. Good God. I put my heart and soul into this. He said, I love what I do. He said that as he put the pan pizza into the Middle B Marshall Wow Oven, which is a conveyor cooker. And after he pulled the pizza out of the oven, he drizzled it with more olive oil and sprinkled grated cheese on top. Oh, and then the uh, pizza maker and the owner of Caliente, they sat down to try a slice. He said they never get tired of a slice fresh from the oven. It never gets old. I'd love to interview him on the show. I'm going to try to find Paul Guggenheimer. Uh, between John and I and New Mike, we'll get on that. And we'll find him. And we're going to go sample some Meemaw pizza. But if you've already sampled it, man, I need to know about it. All right. Coming up next, we've got Rachel Walker in the On Deck Circle. We'll talk about families helping families in crisis. It's a new thing called Safe Families for Children. And that's next. WORD. Do you ride the Bible bus? Dr. J. Vernon McGee's incredible Bible bus through the Bible. It's a journey from the beginning to the end of the Bible, and you can say thanks for the smooth ride. It's Letter Month at Through the Bible, and they want to hear from you. Share your story of how the ride has changed your life. Don't miss the bus. Drop a note of encouragement to Through the Bible Radio today. Go to wordfm.com slash letter. Hey, Grandma and Grandpa. When you retire, will you take me to Disney World? Can we go to a movie? Grandma, can you teach me how to knit? Grandpa, will you throw the baseball around with me? They won't always be so little. Make sure you plan now so you can start making more memories. Because big or small, those moments matter. They are what you've worked your entire life for, and they just might turn out to be some of the best moments of your life and theirs. I'm Kurt Kenotic, CEO and financial advisor at Accurate Solutions Group. Call our team to start your personalized income plan for your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. At Accurate Solutions Group, we help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. We do the planning so you can make the memories. 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Somewhere today, at a Christian school near you, a teacher arrived at work, not because of a paycheck, but a calling, a divine privilege to invest their skills, their time, their academic training, their entire life to equip young minds for success in this world and beyond. This is how love inspires learning. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net. Education for mind and soul. pittsburghchristianschools.net. She has a way of communicating to you what's going on and correcting you with you actually wanting to do it. With Dr. Megan Stock, exceptional dental care can be habit-forming. Personally, I was doing some habits that I could have gotten better at, and I never really felt motivated to change before. And then after meeting with Dr. Megan, she said it in such a nice way that it's like, oh, well, maybe I should start doing these things. It changed some of my habits because of her. So it's pretty cool. Perry Highway in Wexford. 
at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. I got to be honest. Sometimes when things are rough, whether it's, I don't know, a crisis you're having yourself, something involving your kids, something involving a neighbor, your parents, whatever it is, it's, it's hard to reach out. Now, I had a conversation on the air with Marilyn McIntyre a couple of days ago because she's written a book about um, about caring for others. And one of the things that came out in our conversation, I love Marilyn, one of the things that came out is that when you're having a hard time, you don't know what to ask for. You, th- you you know that you're feeling desperate, but you're feeling so desperate that you can't even like put words to what you need. And you, you need someone to kind of come up to you and, and offer ideas. And, and that's the thing that I think can really make the difference, kind of break that ice. And when we're thinking about crisis, crisis often, almost always involves families. And so I'm so excited to have Rachel Walker here. She's the director of something called the Pittsburgh Chapter of Safe Families for Children, a national nonprofit organization that surrounds families in crisis with caring and compassionate community. I like this idea. Rachel, welcome. Glad you're here. Oh, let me turn your microphone on. You want- <laughs> Thanks so much oh, for having me. Okay. I'm thrilled to be here. All right, Rachel. So, um, so I'm sure you agree with what I said. When yeah. families are in crisis, it's Absolutely. hard to even figure out what you need. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that happens with families is the kids are really impacted, right? So if you're going through a crisis as an adult, that's going to trickle down if you have kids to how they um, react, how they perceive that. And for Christians, you have a church community you can turn to if right. you're um, going through a crisis. One of the volunteers who's worked with Safe Families was saying that she was watching a kid and um, the kid spiked a fever and she texted three people and said, is anyone around to get me baby Tylenol? I don't know what to do. Like, I can't get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and within an hour, someone dropped off baby Tylenol. And what's really surprising, really? yeah, and, but that's like, that's church community, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, and what people forget or aren't aware of is there's thousands of families throughout Allegheny County and beyond who, if a crisis hits them, if let's say their apartment gets flooded, um, they might be living paycheck to paycheck and they might not have a place to go. And so they would have to face going into a shelter and they might not want that for their kids or they might face a medical crisis. And here in Pittsburgh, a lot of what we've been working with is a mom who has multiple children and one of the, like one of her precious babies, um, really it's been like two and three month old babies has needed a surgery, surgery or medical procedure. And they have no one to help watch those other kids. They have no one to come around and say, yeah, we can take them in for a few days. It's okay. They don't have family. They don't have friends with the capacity or that they trust. 
And so thankfully, people have started learning about safe families, and then they'll refer them to us. And Mm -hmm. we have volunteers throughout Allegheny County who are able to come in and provide this short-term care to keep the kids safe and the families together. Wow. So now this thing, this care that you provide, is it different based on what the crisis is and what the family needs? Yeah. So... What we do, just as a big overview, is we work with churches to find volunteers who are willing to be host families, to be family friends, to be family coaches. We want to surround volunteers with a network of support as well as um, a family in crisis. So if a family is in crisis is identified, they're sent to me, I do some intake and f- determine what the need is. And then um, some families have come for one night. They just really need Mm -hmm. a respite, um, a single parent. Some people might need a few days to deal with a medical procedure. Um, There was also, um, we work with, we'll work with parents who are going back to work and who might be waiting for their daycare vouchers to come in. Mm -hmm. So often, if especially a single parent is going back to work, um, it takes time hmm. for the daycare vouchers to come in and provide that care for their kids. So they're often left in a quandary. What do they do as they're waiting? So we've been able to provide care in a situation like that as wow. well. Wow. So I, I have never heard of Safe Families for Children. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea. I see that they're located in, like, located in 70 cities yeah. across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and beyond. Yes. So how did you first hear about this? And, and what's your role in the local chapter? Okay. Um, so I really first heard of it and learned about it um, when I saw a job posting. I've worked with kids for years. I've worked with churches um, and nonprofits. And I saw this job posting and it just really caught my attention. And, and I started researching and I started learning. Um, they started 15 year, over 15 years ago in Chicago. Um, they want to really equip and mobilize the church to display biblical hospitality. That's one mm. of our core views, um, which we say is philozenia, love of strangers. Mm -hmm. So we want to get the church back to being the forefront of caring for modern day widows and orphans through extending hospitality, living out the gospel, um, being the church in the midst of our own city and in the midst of our own town. So um, I connected with Safe Families and we talked and they were hiring what they call a chapter catalyst to launch or relaunch. We've been in Pittsburgh a little bit um, here and there, but they had a grant in to hire someone full time. So I was hired uh, about a year and a half ago to launch the chapter here. Um, So six months ago, I started making connections with different churches and nonprofits. And then six months ago, we were able to start taking hostings. So actually um, getting those volunteers in place so we could actually help the families. Mm. This is terrific. Yeah. I love, I absolutely love this idea. Now, how long term of a commitment is someone making if they call you or they put a message on your Facebook um, wall tonight and they say, I want to volunteer? What does that mean for them? Um, It means we can have a conversation, a phone call, and they can start the volunteer process. Uh, There isn't a specific time frame of you have to commit to forever. There is a process to be um, 
approved as a host family or as a other volunteer because we need to make sure that all of them right your clearances are are good and all that sort of thing yeah um but it could be something that someone says i think i could do this i um there's a volunteer there's a few volunteers who have said you know we're working full-time but we want to provide support on the weekends Mm -hmm. um there's some volunteers that say well we can do this in this stage of our life but our life is likely going to change in six months and or a year i say great um, there are some volunteers who say we can do up to a week of time. We're really, we also say we're volunteer led and professionally supported. So we really encourage, and I really encourage volunteers to think of their capacity, um, to think of like the duration of stay, even just their stage of life of what they can mm-hmm, handle. Mm-hmm. But the volunteers can have a lot of flexibility in choosing like the age of the children, the gender of the children and things like that. Wow. This is a wonderful, wonderful idea. Rachel Walker is with me, director of the Pittsburgh chapter of Safe Families for Children, which is a national nonprofit that surrounds families in crisis with a caring, compassionate community. Now, Rachel, as you mentioned the equipping of the church, it made me think that, you know, one of the, one of the first mandates that the church was given, other than to take the gospel and go out, is to care for or widows, widows and orphans. orphans. I mean, yeah. that, that was what it was. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the very, at the very beginning of Acts. Yeah. That's what, um, that's what Stephen was doing uh, mm-hmm. before he was martyred, as he was caring for widows and yeah. orphans. Um, and that that was the very thing that Paul said they were eager to do. Mm-hmm. So we, in our busy contemporary society, I think are probably really bad at that. Yeah. Well, and we we often forget who the widow and the orphan is and what they look like. Because a lot of the modern day orphans or the fatherless, they're all around us. But we won't necessarily think of them as that for various reasons, sometimes stigmas we have in our own minds. Um, but they're really, they're all around us. I mm. mean, if you look at... like look, some, look, look at how many births happen out of wedlock. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things, too. We're um, working to partner with all the crisis pregnancy centers so that women who are in crisis... Um, would have a family who could come around them sure. and help support and care for the kids as she um, continues forward with that life. Sure, but yeah, out of wedlock, um, just there's so many families in crisis. If you look at the data of how many calls Allegheny County get, did you? I have gotten calls from um, parents who are feeling so alone and isolated that they just don't know what else to do. Wow, um, really? So it's. It's they're out there. The numbers are out there. Yeah. So there are people all around us that we just don't see. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to remember. OK, Rachel. So what about people who are listening and saying, gosh, I could use this. I need this. How do they get in contact with you and say, can someone come and help me? Well, there would be two different ways. You can go on the website and um, safe-families.org and fill out a form that is request help. Or you can give our um, hotline, our local number, a call. And that number is 412-742-1711. And I'll do an intake interview with them. Or they can leave a message and I'll get back to them. Okay, wonderful. And then on the other side, people who are listening and saying, you know what, I could do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it would look like, but I could be a part of something like this. And this is exciting for me. Um, 
how do they how would you suggest they approach it well they can definitely find out a lot more on our website because the volunteer descriptions all our applications and things like that but the other thing i would encourage is we are having a training may 18th at st john newman um it's on eventbrite it's on and where's st john newman it's in swickley okay um it's on Eventbrite. It's on our Facebook page. I would really encourage people to come to that. It is a four and a half hour training, but we feed you in the middle of that. And it really provides an overview of who we are and what we do. And oftentimes what I've seen recently is people will come not sure how they could be involved and just wanting more information and they'll leave with a direction of this is what I want to do and this is how I want to do mm. it. So taking that time can be really great. Okay. Before you leave us, Rachel, can you tell us a story about how you've seen this work out at you know an individual with excluding names of course um, and how people have been able to really lend a hand yeah well there was this one mom who um, came we were made aware of her and provided help while she was giving birth and that was great and beautiful and then we provided and a family stepped up it was within 24 hours we found out about her and a family said okay i can watch her you know little one while she gives birth oh my god um watched the little one for five days sometimes we do get have like a week or two notice but sometimes it's quick um and it depends on you know host family's capacity then we were able to provide some postpartum support some support as she was interviewing and overnight. And then we got the call, which I was just so happy about saying like, hey, I got a job. Can you provide support until my vouchers come in? Yeah. And it was like, of course. And so it was just thrilling. And just because of the time, I want to say there were four different host families that ended up providing support. Just Is that right? So four different families at four different times. Yeah. Um, Well, sometimes the... because baby and the sure things overlap were um, split up Got because it. sometimes host families can only do one child at a time. Sometimes they can do multiple. So again, that's part of the capacity. So yeah, it was really neat to see all these families coming together what, to support. Really, her. what better way to show who we are? as yeah. people who follow Jesus than actually reaching out and helping a family in need like that. Well, this has been terrific. Rachel Walker has been with us. She's the director of the Pittsburgh chapter of Safe Families for Children. Give the contact information one more time, Rachel. Uh, our website is safe-families.org, and we have a Facebook page, Safe Families for Children, Pittsburgh, PA. Fantastic. All right. Well, if you want to help some kids, you want to help some moms or dads, get in contact with Rachel, and she'll say yep. I believe there are not very many schools that do this, at least to the extent that Jubilee does it. Through Jubilee Christian Schools All School Unit, students learn to become citizens of the world. They learn geography, politics, economics. They have a closing ceremony where each grade will either sing a song, present a little play. It's always, of course, integrated spiritually that we are all united as God's children and that we, of course, have a mandate to share God's love with everyone. Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org. Graduation day is finally here. Celebrate their achievement and leave the catering to Bistro to Go in the Northside. 
From backyard family gatherings to glitzy affairs, their Simply Delicious creations are sure to impress. Fresh, unique, and artistically displayed. From crisp salads and fresh fruits to gorgeously grilled chicken or beef and delectable desserts. With vegan and gluten-free options. Reasonably priced, fully staffed, delivered, or ready to go. Celebrate success with Bistro to Go at bistroandcompany.com. Hi. I'm John Henney from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers. Your jewelers for life. This is the entertainment answer. What did actor Nicholas Holt learn about playing J.R.R. Tolkien in the new biopic Tolkien? His love of language was something that I didn't realize that that's what stemmed all these worlds. You know, him him wanting to create languages and his mother kind of distilling that passion in him. But then learning and developing and realizing that you can't just create a language without people to speak it and then a history for that language. So then suddenly from that he creates Middle Earth. Tolkien rated PG-13. For this entertainment answer... I'm Matt Mungle. The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project, and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. Now, how much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. HomeAdvisor in church that you weren't allowed to laugh. Word FM presents Funny Things Were Happening and we had to pretend like it wasn't happening. Ladies Night Out with writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. My sister got up and she mined to a Yolanda Adams song and it was beautiful. It's a night out for the girls. As she was miming and she was twirling, her wig came off. June 21st at the Bible Chapel. I have not seen the type of power or anointing that could make us forget your hairs on the floor. Get early bird admission now through May 31st at wordfm.com. I can't believe the Pirates blew that game. Pirates lose 9-6 to six today to the Texas Rangers. And, uh, you know, when I turned the radio off, it was like 2.30. And they were ahead 6-2, to two, I think. What the heck? It looks like they gave up four runs in the eighth inning, three runs in the ninth inning, and that's just a shame. So anyway, but a beautiful day at the ballpark, but, you know, I wish the uh, result was different. Um, So we've all heard about the shooting at the suburban Denver school yesterday, killing an 18-year-old and wounding eight other students, some of which are in critical condition. Um, It happened at a STEM school. Uh, There were two perpetrators. I don't know what else to say. I I just I guess I'm like everyone else that I just feel helpless and speechless. You know, and there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today uh, that gave the details of the uh, case, and the the article closed with a quote from Mr. Holly, who's the parent of uh, a son who goes to the school where the shooting occurred yesterday. 
He recalled being at his son's school to pick him up just as the school was put on high alert a couple weeks ago because of the scare involving the woman obsessed with Columbine. You remember her? Remember she was making threats? and She flew out there and she had made threats against the area. And so police were after her. They were finally able to locate her and subdue her. Anyway, back to this story. Mr. Holly says of Tuesday's shooting, it was just like, here we go again. I remarked to one of the other parents we were waiting in the gym with. I guess this is the new normal. I mean, it's just, this is, it's just pathetic. I mean, and there are so many factors, and I don't want to get into a big discussion about whether it's guns or whether it's mental illness or whether it's, you know, kids spending too much time on their phone or kids without dads or, you know, the increased secularism of society or, you know, streaming video or violent games, whatever. Because I think the reality is probably that it's all of those things. It's a combination of all of those things. But at heart, what the only thing we have to say is that our hearts are hollow if this is the kind of thing that's happening in our society. And the only cure for that is repentance. The only cure for that is asking God to intervene. Because if we're too dark and we're too divided and we're too argumentative and cantankerous and so convinced that our perspective is the right one and we have the answer, if we can't talk with anyone else about it, there is no hope forward. So I'm just looking for people who want to do something, who are willing to work with people with whom they disagree across party lines and try to come up with one thing that'll work are you with me all right we got a lot coming up in the five o'clock hour of the show so stay close it's the ride home sharing the word that changes the world 101.5 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Mr. Chairman, there are 24 ayes and 16 noes. The ayes have it, and the committee report as amended is ordered reported favorably to the House. I now recognize the ranking member, the gentleman from uh, Georgia. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Pursuant to Clause 2L of Rule. 11, I hereby to give notice of intent to file dissenting views for the inclusion into the report. And so the House Judiciary Committee has voted to hold Attorney General William Barr in contempt of Congress for refusing to release the full unredacted Mueller report. Ahead of the vote, President Trump exerted a sec- executive privilege over those materials and reserved the right to block them. A mixed day on Wall Street as the Dow was up by two points to 25,967. The Nasdaq dropped 21, the S&P lower by five. Crude oil up 72 cents. It closed at $62.12 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Our total basement finishing system is unique, but what's even more unique is the way we interact with our clients. Energy Swing Steve Rennekamp on building the basement of your dreams. You have a dream to finish your basement. The question is, whose dream is it? A lot of other companies start working on your basement and build it the way they want to build it. And so it ends up not being exactly what you wanted. We don't work that way. With our 3D rendering system, you can actually see what your dream looks like before you decide to invest. 
our design consultant comes out and actually builds the basement with you on his computer and you can see a 3D rendering of that finished basement and if you don't like something we can change it around we can even place furniture in the 3D rendering so you can see if all the things you want to do in the basement will fit the way you would like them to fit which gives you a unique perspective on what the finished job is going to look like before anything is done mention Word FM for an additional 5% off over and above any other discounts at energyswingwindows.com five years ago a national Barna Omni poll discovered that 77% of evangelicals believe we're now living in the end times as described by the Bible. But how can we really know? Don't miss the most comprehensive, in-depth, prophetic end-time seminar anywhere. You'll be amazed at how much information God's Word provides. This informative end-time seminar begins Saturday, May 11th in the morning at Christ Church at Grove Farm. To learn more, go to endtimeseminar.com. That's endtimeseminar.com. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Shalom. Abraham here from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. We were blessed to help sponsor the Word FM prayer conference last weekend. Thank you to all who stopped by our table and checked out what God is doing among His Jewish people. This Saturday, May 11th, my congregation is hosting a seminar on how to share Jesus with Jewish people. Please consider helping us as we bring Jesus back to His own people. Register or more info at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Do you dream of owning your own home? Dollar Bank's free Mortgages for Mothers workshop can show you how to break the rent cycle. You'll learn the right way to home ownership with a plan to strengthen your savings and create less debt. You can even get help with restoring bad credit. Join Lynn Hayes Freeland and Dollar Bank at the free Mortgages for Mothers Home Buying Workshop, Saturday, May 11th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Childcare will be available. To register, visit mortgagesformothers.com today. Dollar Bank, equal housing lender. Partly cloudy and mild tonight with a low of 59. Tomorrow will be a very big cloudy day with a high of 79. We are expecting a couple of strong thunderstorms to move in later in the afternoon. Those storms could bring hail and damaging winds with them. Those storms and rain will continue into tomorrow night. The low will be 62. And for Friday, staying cloudy and not quite as warm with a high of just 71 and a few showers still around. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy M. Welcome in. So happy to have you along for the afternoon on your ride home. Kathy M. is in the studio today without my sidekick, John, who's taking another day off. I said earlier in our show at the beginning of the 5 o'clock hour, I think it's just too nice out. I think that's what it is. I think that probably he's out on his front porch and thinking, really? I mean, it's like 77 degrees, sunny, low humidity. There's an afternoon baseball game. Why would I go to work? I think I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Anyway, John, not here today. And a new Mike, uh, happily ensconced in jury duty today. I, I got a text from him today. Um, he sounded like this was about 11 o'clock. I think he was losing his mind. 
I think what what he was saying on his text message was like ranting and rambling. It didn't really make any sense. I think he was probably just feeling boxed in. Anyway, our best wishes to new Mike. And I'm happy to have classic Mike along today. Classic Mike is waving, which doesn't translate in an audio form across the radio waves. But uh, but classic Mike is here, ably handling things in the control room. Hey, um, interesting times in the debate over abortion now, isn't it? I mean, when you think that you've got one side... Um, which has the the governor of Virginia getting on a radio program talking calmly about what happens if a child is born alive after a botched abortion. And he says, well, this is this is what would happen. So we would have the doctor, we'd have the baby placed on a table and kept comfortable while the doctor and the mother had a reasonable discussion about whether the baby would live or die you think what 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 are you talking about it's crazy talk so he's on one side and on the other we have the governor of the state of georgia who just signed the heartbeat bill into law yesterday morning now this is georgia governor brian kemp he kept his campaign promise in signing the bill which is hb 481 technically called the living infants fairness and equality act which will prohibit abortions in the state after a heartbeat is detected as early as six weeks into a pregnancy. The law allows exceptions in the case of rape, incest, or if the life of the mother is in danger. This is an article by Caleb Park in today's uh, Fox News. Before the signing of the bill, state rep Ed Setzler pointed to science, law, and the simple fact that common sense says a beating heart is a sign of life, and those children should receive the full protection of the law. State Senator Renee Unterman, a former nurse who ushered the bill through the state Senate, said she has waited her entire time as a legislator for this moment, calling it, quote, the culmination of my political career. Georgia is a state that values life. Kemp said before putting his signature on the Life Act, we stand up for those who are unable to speak for themselves. Kemp said he recognizes that the bill will be challenged, but, quote, our job is to do what is right, not what is easy. He said, we won't back down. We will always continue to fight for life. Now, as you might expect, opponents have promised to sue over the constitutionality of the bill and argued that because some women don't know they are pregnant when a heartbeat is detectable, that the new law virtually bans all abortions in the state. It has been called the most extreme abortion law in the nation. Quote, This law is bafflingly unconstitutional. Bans like this have always been blocked by the courts. We will be suing Georgia to make sure the law has the same fate, said Elizabeth Smith, chief counsel at the Center for Reproductive Rights, in a statement today. Now, the heartbeat bill will go into effect at the beginning of next year. The bill made national headlines recently when liberal activist and actress Alyssa Milano gathered a bunch of her friends. Now, you might remember this story. I don't know. She got like 20 actors, 25 actors to sign a letter which said, look, there is a lot of business that we actors and actresses bring into the state of Georgia. And if you're going to sign this heartbeat bill, then we're just going to take our business somewhere else. And I am very happy to tell you that Georgia Governor Brian Kemp didn't care about that and just decided that he was going to do what he thought was right and he was not going to kowtow 
to the power of the Hollywood lobby. Anyway, so that's on one side. Now, here's so I, I mentioned in my in the four o'clock hour that I was at an advanced screening of the movie Tolkien last night, um, and the review for that is going to be posted tomorrow on our website, johnnycathyshow.com, and I'll share that with you tomorrow when I'm able to do that. Uh, the movie premieres on Friday. I can tell you already that I really like the film, and I think that if you're a Tolkien fan or if Middle Earth is your thing, um, that you'll really like it, and you'll you'll get a lot out of it. I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think that there were a couple things that were really missed, but overall, um, super, super enjoyable. Anyway, so I, I came home from... Um, from watching the film and doing the uh, Q&A afterwards, which Stephen Colbert moderated and really did an outstanding job of. Um, and I just turned on the television just quickly before I went to bed, which is always a mistake. You probably should just go to bed. But I just can't do that. I have to see if there's anything I missed. And I heard this clip from CNN. When a woman gets pregnant, that is not a human being. Okay. No, wait. I, th- I feel like we need to hear that again. Mike, we hit, hit play on that. When a woman gets pregnant, that is not a human being. Yeah. Okay. So that was on Chris Cuomo's primetime show. Um, he was interviewing a CNN contributor and a former New York City Democratic politician. Uh, Christine Quinn is the woman whose voice you heard there. And I can't figure out how in the world you get to a place where you say when a woman is pregnant, that is not a human being inside her. I mean, so here's the thing. Now, of course, you know the reason why why those who advocate for abortion say things like that, because it's a lot easier to talk about removing a clump of cells than about killing a child, right? Right? Language matters. And so by saying that it's not human, it makes it easier to say I can do whatever I want to with it. But my question is, what happened to our commitment to science? I mean, it seems like the moniker of quote unquote science deniers is always applied to people in the Christian community or people who are on the conservative political right. And believe me, the Christian community and the conservative political right are not always in the right I think I can assure you of that. That should not be a surprise to you. But why is the term science denier never applied to someone on the political left? I don't understand. I mean, looking at an ultrasound or looking at blood tests or looking at a woman's body, are you actually going to say with a straight face when a woman is pregnant that is not a human being inside her? So what is it? It's not a giraffe. It's not an avocado. It's not like any other person who's ever existed. It has a completely unique DNA. This is an absolute individual. An individual. A person with all of his or her systems in place. The systems aren't ready to go. It's not like this is, you know, a... child of nine-month gestation. But all the systems are in place, and his heart is beating. So if there's anyone who would deserve the moniker of science denier today, it's got to be Christine Quinn, CNN contributor, who was on the uh, Chris Cuomo show last night. Look, when we're talking about abortion, I think it's in it. 
It's imperative every single time that we recognize that we're not just talking about defending the lives of the unborn, which we are doing, and that is what I've done for many years. But I think it's also essential we remember that we are fighting for the lives of women. I have sat across the table for more women than I can count who have had abortions and whose lives have never been the same. And this is something that people just don't talk about. They think, oh, no, shout your abortion. It's so awesome. It was no big deal. Who cares? Listen, it's a big deal. You can never go back. Once you're pregnant, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you can't go back. So whether you carry a baby to term, whether you have a miscarriage, whether you have an abortion, you can never become unpregnant. So when we talk about caring for babies, we talk about recognizing that that's a human being, a completely unique individual inside the womb. We remember that our first obligation is to the completely unique mother that we see sitting in front of us. And so what she needs, whatever it is, whether it's understanding, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's grace or food or clothes or whatever it is, if we believe in the right to life, then our obligation is first to care for her. It's the ride home. We're going to talk about vaccines next. We're going to take it from both perspective, anti and pro. Where do you fall? We'll talk about measles. It's coming up next. One hundred one point five WORD. Coming up from Chuck Swindoll. Our God is faithful and truthful, immutable and powerful. But of all these magnificent attributes, there is one that always brings me to my knees, and it is that our God is so merciful. Even when Jonah ran away, God was merciful. Don't miss Chuck Swindoll's brand new series on Jonah, right here on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is Tutch Elka. Join me and head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Steelers players Vance McDonald and Stefan Tuit, and pastors Brian Loretz and Ed Glover for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 8th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Man Up is a day for all men to work on becoming the best godly leaders they can be. There will be free food, fellowship, worship, powerful messages, and dynamic breakout sessions from high schoolers to grandfathers this is for you registered today at manupittsburgh.org hosted by urban impact and brought to you locally by chick-fil-a of pittsburgh hey tbn the largest christian television network in the whole world has launched its very first daily tv show made especially for women it's underway in this tv show this project this brand new offering from tbn it's called better together now better together features different voices and different faces each week this week we're featuring laurie crouch christine kane alex seeley jen johnson and diana nepsta and they're talking about real stuff real stuff that matters to women today so whether it's a relationship with your spouse or how to serve well in a church maybe it's making the most of your friendships this is women talking together about the things that you want to talk about too so don't miss it tune in would you tbn's better together it's on every day 1 30 p.m eastern Hi, this is Carrie. I'm so excited. Why? Because Compassion Sunday is coming up very soon. My family sponsored a child a couple of years ago on Compassion Sunday at our church, and it's been the best thing we have ever experienced. And I'm excited because I want you to have that same experience. 
Would you join us? Just go to Compassion.com slash Sunday to find a church near you that's hosting Compassion Sunday. That's Compassion.com slash Sunday. Things would happen in church that you weren't allowed to laugh. Word FM presents Funny Things Were Happening and we had to pretend like it wasn't happening. Ladies Night Out with writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. My sister got up and she mined to a Yolanda Adams song and it was beautiful. It's a night out for the girls. As she was miming and she was twirling, her wig came off. June 21st at the Bible Chapel. I have not seen the type of power or anointing that could make us forget your hairs on the floor. Get early bird admission now through May 31st at wordfm.com. So Meals is back. It's the kind of thing we thought we got rid of, right? When you get that uh, MMR thing. You think, okay, well, so we're done with measles. So what's the problem? Well, the problem is that not everybody got the MMR. And younger people seem to have a greater distrust in the medical community and in the medical, in the authority of the medical community than generations that have gone on before. Um, it's, a, it's a fascinating subject to talk about and one that I think is Im- imperative um, that we bring to the airwaves simply because of the health risk for all of us in the community when it comes to something like measles, which is not a disease that you fool around with. So we're going to talk to a couple different people about a couple different things over the next couple segments. Uh, we're going to have Dr. Rick Zimmerman from UPMC talk about vaccines for the common good in just a little bit. But right now, I'm happy to have Rebecca Randall on with us. Rebecca was, Rebecca is not a physician, but she's the science editor for Christianity Today. Rebecca, I'm happy you're here. Mm-hmm. I don't hear Rebecca. All right. Hold on. Oh, Rebecca, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. There she Can is. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, I know that you wanted to make sure that people knew you were not writing this article as a physician. Right, yeah. Um, We actually wrote the article uh, in response to some feedback that we received from our readers. So we've done a vaccine article from published by a doctor um, about three years or four years ago now um, called Why Christians of All People Should Get Their Vaccines. So the argument was, um, you know, that we should vaccinate as a way to love our neighbors. And we reposted the article just recently kind of with the new wave of measles, uh, measles outbreak going around the country. And we actually got a lot of feedback from people um, who were concerned about um, why we would post this article. And in particular, we're, we're coming from a position where they were worried about the origins of the vaccines themselves. And so that is why I wrote the article, was sort of to allow people to have a voice on that. Okay. So I mentioned uh, at the start of our segment together, Rebecca, that it mm-hmm. it appears that younger generations don't have the same respect for authority um, when it comes to the medical community. And so I don't know if that's because of the rise in social media, the fact that we can get online and Google whatever we want or whatever it is, but there seems to be, you know, kind of a medicine by Facebook type of attitude in a lot of families. Yes, yeah, I guess I, I could agree with that. I, I think I see that in my own social circle a bit. And 
Um, and I think that's partly like why we had such a reaction. A lot of the reaction we got was on was on Facebook. So sure. Okay. All right. So let's talk about um, the use of fetal cells in vaccine studies. Now, um, I, I didn't even hear about this maybe until five or six years ago. This has been going on a long time. Um, talk about how vaccines are developed, and are these just particular vaccines? Oh yes. Yeah. So. Um, I got a lot of the research for this story from the book, The Vaccine Race, which is by journalist Meredith Wadman. And she does a very good job of explaining the history of the original vaccines that were developed from fetal cell lines um, back in the 1960s. And so originally there were, um, there was research going on that used um, the fetal cell lines that came from abortions, um, but there were two in particular, two abortions that led to the production of vaccines that we know today. Um, this is not in all vaccines. It's found in, believe, see, two vaccines. One of the abortions, the one developed by um, the Worcester Institute was, um, they developed the root the MMR, which has the rubella vaccine is what was originally developed with the fetal cell lines. And then it became the MMR later on. Mm-hmm. And then the rabies vaccine. But there's also another one that was developed by the, the British um, who, and they have hepatitis A, chickenpox and shingles today. Um, so those five vaccines are all on the, the, the vaccine schedule. But of course, that's not inclusive of all of the vaccines on the CDC recommended schedules. Right. So people who are opposed to abortion, and I am one of those people, um, many people who are opposed to abortion consider this, um, this is like fruit of the poison tree. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, do you mean like... The- well, just the fact that the fact that the vaccines that we're getting are the fruit, but the origin of the way we got them was from the poison tree, which is that they were aborted fetal cells. Yeah, I think that one thing that I wanted to do with this article was to highlight that there are pro-life proponents of immunization that um, are, that feel that the vaccines no longer um, are relying on abortions to further provide fetal cells and the initial two abortions weren't conducted to supply vaccine makers with the tissue in the first place. So therefore, it shouldn't be right. something that we feel we can't get vaccines today. So there's several different perspectives on that. Right. Yeah. And I think I think that's an important thing to highlight. And, you know, I want to say it again, that that um, the the abortions were not performed for the purpose of generating cells for those vaccines in the first place. And the vaccines that we're getting today are not based on those original cases anyway. Um, I I certainly understand the philosophical uh, objection to that being done in the first place. Um, What do you think, though, about and what's your experience in talking to families and your readers at Christianity Today about how to this moment, they still aren't going to do it because they still don't think it's morally appropriate. Yeah, you know, I think after talking with several people, um, what I noticed was that we got a lot, like I said, a lot of responses to the um, original article we posted, and probably like 20 or so of them were, like one of the first things they would say was that they were opposed to the aborted fetal cells, cell lines used in the vaccine development. But as I interviewed people, I found that they also had other reasons that they weren't 
that they weren't in favor of vaccination. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like it's kind of a mixed, Got it's mixed it. in with other other motivations or other things that have happened to them and they're either in like doctor patient relationships or or just their own medical history having concerns like for example about the autoimmune um worried about autoimmune disorders or diseases that they might have or that they worry their children have kind of thing right okay so from um so you said you 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 reposted the article after you saw the measles outbreak about the importance of being vaccinated you got you know a blowback from some readers saying hey wait there's another perspective on this um i also wonder if perhaps one of the reasons why people feel that they can say no to the vaccine is because we hardly know anybody who's ever had measles yeah. Or mumps yeah, or no. rubella. And so we don't have any idea of what we're being saved from by getting the vaccine. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and I know after this article, we had some pushback from people, um, actually probably less so, uh, from the pro-vaccine, pro-vaccine community, generally like doctors and stuff. But one was a missionary. And so I think like if you've lived overseas, maybe you've, you've been able to see the impact of some devastating diseases on on people's lives. So your perspective on vaccines and why vaccinated is definitely different. Right. Okay, so um, our time's almost up. But Rebecca, from your perspective as the science writer, how do you see issues like this? I mean, do you feel like your role is to just present different perspectives on it? Are you do you come down with an opinion on your own um, as a Christian who sees how I mean, this is a high tech environment that we live in and things change on a daily basis. And there are challenges and questions that arise that we never would have considered five years ago, let alone 50 years ago. Um, So how do you see your role at the magazine? Yeah, I think that is a complicated question. One of the things that I struggled with with this piece was just how much do I focus on the personal experience of a few different people and their personal um, view on vaccines, in this case, um, that they don't vaccinate, um, versus how much do I focus on kind of the medical science um, side of things. And I think... I felt like it was my job to include both. Um, but I also was like really careful about trying to make sure that in doing so, I wasn't making someone look stupid. Right. If that makes sense. Right, and I sure. feel like as a Christian, that's like, I should really make them look human. And, and, um, but I also feel as the science editor, I really wanted to make sure that I was communicating accurate science and showing that there is scientific consensus on vaccine safety. So it was kind of a a both and, I think. Um, It was definitely something I hope I did a good job at and Mm -hmm. something that is um, not, not easy to do, and I don't take that job lightly. Sure. Well, we love your publication. I think you wrote a great article. It was thought-provoking for me. I thought um, it was worthwhile bringing it to the, our listening audience. And um, I just give you kudos because you're in a tough spot. And there are a lot of crazy things that are coming up um, that you're going to have to write about, my friend. So, yeah, true. <laughs> so best of luck to you on that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. Happy to have you. That's Rebecca Randall. She's the science editor for Christianity Today. Rick Zimmerman from UPMC, he's going to be with us next. We're going to talk about vaccines for the common good. I was up at Grove City College this weekend. My daughter's a student there, and uh, we had to go to a family wedding. 
And so we took off for a little bit, a few hours, came back, and it's getting close to finals, and I am telling you, things are tense. I mean, it just took me back. I remembered being in that situation as an undergrad and just that last ditch effort of trying to get as much information in your head as possible so you can perform well on your exams. But, you know, being up at Grove City College and I was sitting on uh, the patio of one of the dorms, just kind of looking over the beautiful quad. It was a gorgeous night. It was warm. It really felt like spring. There were flowers blooming. It's just a beautiful campus to just kind of sit and think in. And I was contrasting my daughter's experience as an undergrad there and my experience as an undergrad. And I had a wonderful education and I appreciated being an undergrad, but there's something different about being at Grove City College. And I think the thing that I've appreciated most as a parent is the fact that, yeah, there is an information dump. And yeah, you are trying to get as much stuff into your head as possible so you can perform well. But learning is prioritized. So it's not just memorization, it's learning. It's getting concepts into your head. It's causing them to be real to you and to make a difference in life. Look, if you're interested in your child or your grandchild or you yourself going to a place that's going to focus on learning and things that matter and stick with you, try Grove City College. Look them up, gcc.edu. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. We're here at CreditRepair.com, the most recognized name in the industry when it comes to resolving credit report issues and getting that credit score up. With me, i got Aaron. Aaron, what happens when people call CreditRepair.com? A lot. Just one call gets any listener a free credit score, free credit report, and a free personalized credit evaluation right over the phone. In just a few minutes, you'll know exactly what's hurting your credit and get a personalized game plan to help restore it. And that can make a huge difference when it comes to getting those things that we want, like a new car car, a new house, or even a brand new job. Absolutely. Your credit score is one of the first things lenders look at, and our proven process can help remove those unfair or inaccurate items like late payments and collections from your credit report. In fact, on average, people who have used our service have seen significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. What are you waiting for? Call CreditRepair.com today. Call 800-851-5318. That's 800-851-5318. 800-851-5318. Partly cloudy and mild tonight with a low of 59. Tomorrow will be a variably cloudy day with a high of 79. But we are expecting a couple of strong thunderstorms to move in later in the afternoon. Those storms could bring hail and damaging winds with them. Those storms and rain will continue into tomorrow night. The low will be 62. And for Friday, staying cloudy and not quite as warm with a high of just 71 and a few showers still around. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. All right, we're talking vaccines. We just had uh, the science writer from Christianity Today on with us. And uh, Rebecca Randall shared about the fact that there are Christians who... Um, who are opposed to vaccines for a variety of reasons. And one of the uh, reasons is that uh, some of the original vaccines were produced using fetal cell lines from abortions. Um, Now, let me say again that the vaccines that we have today are not based on those uh, those original abortions. 
Um, and those abortions were not performed for the express purpose of providing cells for those vaccination or those vaccines. Um, but this is a complicated issue. And, um, and Rebecca also admitted that the people who said that they were concerned about the fetal cell line issue in relation to vaccines also had a lot of other issues about vaccines, um, most apparent being a distrust of medical authority. So we wanted to give the other side of this issue uh, with Dr. Rick Zimmerman. Rick works for uh, UPMC locally. And Rick, I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad to join you. Okay, Rick. So um, we heard that there are some Christians who are concerned about the origination of some of these vaccines, that they were from aborted fetuses, uh, that those fetal cell lines were present in the original MMR, some of the rabies vaccines, etc. What do you have to say about that? There's some complexities, and you have to be look at vaccine by vaccine. So one has to be careful. Most vaccines had nothing to do with uh, human cell lines at all. So we have to look vaccine by vaccine. The um, I wrote an article, and it's been a while, um, but uh, in the journal Vaccine, I'm really dealing with this issue. Um, part of my sabbatical was in medical ethics, and I looked because of my interest and was at a Christian university, um, particularly is what is the way to look at that? And my conclusion looking at that issue is that there was a lot of separation. There's a separation of time. There's a separation in intent. There's a separation in uh, purpose. And there's um, no ongoing abortions related to any vaccine that's distributed in the United States. So it's a... I'm pro-life. I think the abortions done in the 1960s, before a lot of your audience was even born, were wrong. Um, But I also realize that is decades Mm -hmm. and decades ago. And you get into the issue um, in these moral complexity and associations. You know, can you drive a car created by a company that was associated with the Nazi regime um, or with the Japanese war effort in World War II? Is that complicit with Hitler to do that? Mm -hmm. And if your answer is it's complicit to drive a car that is associated with the Nazi regime, that that's participating in evil, then I can understand. But if you, you know, if you're like most of us to say, well, you know, those are decades ago, we don't agree at all with what happened in the Nazi regime, um, but we aren't going to hold it against the car manufacturer currently. Um, The separation is large, um, and I'm pro-life, and some of the other physicians I know who are vaccinologists, who know what they're doing with vaccines and are pro-life, are fully supportive of MMR vaccine. Mm-hmm. Now, Rick, when you see a resurgence in measles, um, cases that are happening, popping up all over the country and some popping up right here in Pittsburgh, um, tell me what your perspective is as a physician. How do you see that? I think... I say it's sad. Uh, it's it's really sad. Life is precious. Um, I have children. Their lives are precious. And as you know, my oldest was a preemie, was on mm-hmm. um, death's doorstep repeatedly. 
And the preciousness of life is the reason we protect people. And it's interesting in Deuteronomy 22.8, it says when you build a new house, you must build a railing around the edge of its flat roof. And again, this is the Middle East context where they have flat roofs, not like our steep uh, ones that nobody goes on top right. of. That way, you'll not be considered guilty of murder if someone falls from the roof. And, you know, when parents ask me about, for instance, you know, should I get this vaccine and whatever vaccine it is, I say, you know, many times, yes, you're doing it for yourself, but you're doing it because you're a parent and you want to protect your child. No one wants to be the, trans, the conduit of an infectious disease that harms somebody else. A grandparent never wants to bring an infectious disease to their grandchild. No parent wants that. And you protect your children by vaccination. And we have this example of, in, in I think all through the scriptures, this idea of you know, taking care of the family of God. And you do that, I think, in the modern time by vaccinating. I think you also have to look, where do you turn for information on this? There's, I'm a physician. I was trained in preventive medicine, public health, and family medicine. And other doctors ask me to come and talk on vaccines. They don't ask me to come and talk to them about skin rashes or eye mm-hmm. diseases. They ask me, and I would be considered a vaccinologist. And I think it's the vaccinologists that you really want to turn to. I don't think you would go, and there's many good dermatologists, and I respect and send people to them, but I don't send them to them for vaccine questions. Mm-hmm. I think you need the expertise, um, and I, you know, my undergraduate degree in chemistry would not have given me the expertise to be a vaccinologist and to um, advise people on the complexities, um, and so it takes special training. That's Dr. Rick Zimmerman, UPMC. We're talking about vaccines for the common good. Uh, Rick, can you tell us about measles? I, I think one of the reasons why people are even open to the idea of not vaccinating is we don't know anybody who's ever had it. We don't even know what it's like. And so we think, oh, I'm sure it's not that bad. Well, measles can be severe and can kill. Um, before the introduction of measles vaccine in the 1960s, we would have um, times, you know, we would have hundreds of thousands of persons in the United States each year with measles. Um, it, it kills wow. uh, with pneumonia, um, and there's a fair percentage. And there's, you know, other than giving a vitamin and supportive care, there's no antiviral for measles that's going to cure it. Um, there is in addition, encephalopathy, where there's an infection of um, the brain by the virus. And then there's a rare complication. Fortunately, it's so rare, but it does occur where people who are infected develop a autoimmune, and this is infected with the disease, reaction called subacute sclerosing pancephalitis, which basically turns their brain to mush. And so you can have a teenager who becomes like a um, Alzheimer's patient, mm. uh, but rapidly progressive and fatal, um, uniformly fatal. So 
so it thinks people with uh, you know when I teach the medical students about measles, we're talking um, you know people are coughing to one of the classic C3s of measles, the C3s being cough, conjunctivitis, red eyes, and runny nose, coryza is the medical term. But they also have a good temperature, often 103, could be 104. Wow. So the kids are, and adults who get this are sick. Um, and actually, adults are often worse because of the pneumonia and the inflammatory pneumonia. Um, it puts people in the hospital, and we can basically provide supportive care and vitamins, but that's about it. It's not a disease that one wants to get. The measles vaccine is one of the most effective we've had, 95%, almost no waning immunity, um, an incredible advance. Some people say, well, it's hand-washing. Well, I lived in the 1960s, and we had hand-washing, <laughs> and um, you can very clearly track the decline um, in measles with the advent of vaccination, and you can... Uh, track, you can geocode this, and it's been done, it's been done in the science literature, you can geocode the outbreaks to the vaccine refusals, it's often people with some education, um, often even a college degree, upper middle class, um, who are vaccine hesitant, and um, uh, and you can, you can geocode, it's very easy, hmm. um, it's really sad. Wow. Rick Zimmerman with us from UPMC talking about vaccines. Rick, what about those people who have been vaccinated? And we hear about a measles outbreak and we think, okay, well, what does this mean for us? Do we need to be revaccinated? So uh, it, it, the, there's complexities with who you are, when you were born, and um, things to if you are born before 1957, so the older baby boomers and before, we assumed all those people have had measles disease, don't need anything, um, you're likely protected. Healthcare workers should all have had two doses, um, unless they're born early, should have had two doses. And most of the time, we are recommending that healthcare workers get tested to make sure they did take. There's a small percentage of people, um, you know, just a percent or two, but who do not respond to the vaccine because of genetics. Um, and so we need to know that so we can protect those people. Um, those um, really, in my age group and younger, we all need to have two doses of measles vaccine. Um, and many people did have that as part of the, the school entrance requirements, but a number of adults only had one dose. And if they're particularly in a high-risk setting, I would think teachers and certainly healthcare workers, those people uh, may want to either have their titers checked or get a second dose. Hmm. Um, the vaccine is remarkably effective against measles. And measles is one of the viruses that's transmitted um, certainly hand-to-hand, -hand, but it's also transmitted by cough. Now, when I'm sitting around teaching the medical students about measles, we're sitting at a table, a big conference room table, and as it's, uh, you know, I've got 12, 14 medical students, and I say to the person next to me, you're in my cough zone, in my immediate cough zone. If you're not protected against measles, you're toast. <laughs> if mm. I've got it and I cough. But then I say to the person at the end of the table, and I'm in the middle with the teacher, at the end of the table, you also are at risk if it's measles because measles has true droplet nuclei that are very fine and suspended. And those suspended particles can remain infectious for a couple of hours and can spread through an entire office system. And so once you introduce measles into a facility, a business, a building, a home, that place is contaminated for a couple of hours. Wow. 
Well, Rick, I guess the bottom line is if you have concerns about vaccines, talking to a vaccinologist is a great idea. And I think your advice would be just get the vaccine. That would be. And um, I also just mentioned my clinical practices at East Liberty Family Health, and it's been a privilege to, to serve that uh, Christian community for a whole bunch of years and to, with those good, uh, those good persons. Also, have a UPMC affiliation, but uh, wanted to mention that as well. We love the East Liberty Family Health Care Center, and Rick, you've been wonderfully helpful today. I can't thank you enough. That's Rick Zimmerman, UPMC and East Liberty Family Health Care Center. The bottom line, look, people, just get your vaccine. W-O-R-D. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. It's where the Sahara meets the Nile and the Mediterranean Sea. Only here exist the perfect conditions for growing the finest cotton in the world. I'm John Hall. Nowhere else can you find cotton so luxuriously soft and light, yet super strong and able to hold deep, vibrant colors, wash after wash. It's this very cotton Mike Lindell has used to create my pillows, Giza Dreams bedsheets. Try them once, and you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. And right now, get a special 30% off MyPillow Dream Sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800-391-0954 or place your order at MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com and be sure to use promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Sweet dreams from MyPillow. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Things would happen in church that you weren't allowed to laugh. Word FM presents... Funny things were happening, and we had to pretend like it wasn't happening. Ladies Night Out, with writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. My sister got up and she mined to a Yolanda Adams song, and it was beautiful. It's a night out for the girls. As she was miming and she was twirling, her wig came off. June 21st at the Bible Chapel. I have not seen the type of power or anointing that could make us forget your hairs on the floor. Get early bird admission now through May 31st at wordfm.com. Pittsburgh Marathon was on Sunday. 
And one of the things, you know, I, I totally support people they're running, even though, you know, personally, I just hate to run. But that's, I think, why I appreciate people who do it all the more, because I think I could never do that. So knock yourself out. Anyway, um, one of the things, though, that's so annoying as a, a member of a church inside the city limits is when the Pittsburgh Marathon happens, it completely wrecks everyone's ability to get to church, right? I'm not sure why we can't have a marathon or a great race on a Saturday. Why is it that Sunday is the only day where people in Pittsburgh can run races? I just don't get it. Anyway, so that's that's just been something that's kind of stuck in my craw for so many years. But there are other things that are getting people annoyed about the Pittsburgh Marathon, especially this year. So apparently there was uh, what they're calling pandemonium on Saturday evening in the shady side area of town. And guess who was right in the middle of it, eating and drinking at his favorite uh, watering hole, so to speak. And that is the mayor, uh, Bill Peduto. So apparently on um, Saturday night, there was a notification that if you had your car on Walnut Street after midnight, it would be towed. Okay, so that was the the communication that went out. In fact, it says Peduto, I'm reading from the Tribune Review, uh, Peduto and the city's public works department announced repeatedly on social media that McGann and Chester Towing and Recovery would begin towing vehicles at midnight. Okay, so that's what they had advertised. That's what went out over the airwaves. That's what people understood. But apparently there were signs that were posted in the street that said that, said that it would start at 11 p.m. And the mayor says that there was some error in miscommunication. But apparently the mayor was hanging out at Cappy's right there on Walnut Street. And the first tow truck driver comes down the street and just starts taking cars, just starts Picking up, we're just hooking up the cars and we're taking them. So the mayor and all the people who are also eating at Cappy's and whatever other place, you know, places there are, uh, right there in that little Walnut Street corridor start panicking. They're like, what the heck is going on? I thought we had until midnight. And the mayor says, you do have till midnight. Let me go out and like, you know, clear things up. But whoever it was who was driving the car refused to listen to the mayor. And as the mayor said, well, wait a minute, we're just going to waive the towing fees because this is such a miscommunication. The towing company says, we're not waiving anything. So apparently it was just a complete disaster. Um, Peduto said that first tow truck, he had no desire whatever to wait. That's exactly when I got heated. He came within less than a foot of hitting me in a massive truck. My car wasn't there. I wasn't trying to get my car off of a tow truck. I was trying to get people who were upset the ability to keep their cars there while we made a decision. He said he yelled at the driver and then, are you ready? Slapped the fender of the truck with his palm. It's the mayor we're talking about. The driver, he said, yelled back at him and honked his horn. Well, seriously, if you're a tow truck driver, I get the fact that you've got a job to do. And I sure, I, I understand all that. But do you not recognize the mayor? And like, is there a way that you can communicate with him that is somehow nicer than like, you know, flipping him off and and honking your horn? I mean, that just doesn't seem like appropriate, like citizen behavior. Anyway, um, Peduto went on to say, I thought we could just have the tow trucks wait until midnight and then start picking cars up. But instead, we had pandemonium with people running around, people running into cars, trying to get their cars out of there when we could have just taken a breath and waited. 
Peduto said he intends to meet with McGann and Chester and others involved to work out a uniform plan and schedule for removing cars from streets during large events such as the Pittsburgh Marathon. Whatever the schedule is, we should have the least impact on those that would be most affected. In other words, the areas of the city where we have a nighttime economy, those should be the last pickups, not the first. And we should be able to say within an hour what time those trucks are going to be there. I want to see that on the, I want to see that on the marathon's website and I want to see it on our website and I want us to be consistent with it. And I'll tell you what, in this instance, I am all pro Bill Peduto. That's right. You do what you have to do to the tow truck driver. Graduation Day is finally here. Celebrate their achievement and leave the catering to Bistro to Go in the Northside. From backyard family gatherings to glitzy affairs, their simply delicious creations are sure to impress. Fresh, unique, and artistically displayed. From crisp salads and fresh fruits to gorgeously grilled chicken or beef and delectable desserts. With vegan and gluten-free options. Reasonably priced, fully staffed, delivered, or ready to go. Celebrate success with Bistro to Go at bistroandcompany.com. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. It's that time of year. Red Nose Day is back at Walgreens. You can collect all five of the new Everyday Hero Red Noses today and help end child poverty. With your purchase of a Red Nose at Walgreens, you're making a real impact on the lives of children in need. Walgreens. Trust it since 1901. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Indulge your taste for adventure on a 10-day, once-in-a-lifetime tour of South Africa. Explore Johannesburg, Soweto, and Cape Town. Go on safari through Kruger National Park and come face-to-face with Africa's Big Five. Or dive into the domain of the Great White Shark and live to tell the tale. Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber presents South Africa. Departing Pittsburgh, April 21st of 2020. Full details at paacc.com slash travel. So, you know, we've got that new royal baby. 
He's pretty cute, isn't he? He's got a big name, though. Uh, Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. That's a lot. He's like seven pounds. It's a lot of name for a seven pounder. Uh, Mom, Meghan Markle, and dad, Prince Harry, look super happy. Very sweet. Liked seeing the photographs of uh, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. I think this baby is their eighth great-grandchild. So, very cool. Good for them. Um, I really was happy to read this article about Joe Namath. You know, the last time I think I heard about Joe Namath, it was that wretched um, interview he did with ESPN Susie Colbert. Do you remember that? Um, it was national TV. It was back in 2003. I can't believe it was that long ago. If you would have said how long ago was that, I would have thought it was maybe eight years ago. But it was back in 2003. Anyway, so he was interviewed live. He was clearly intoxicated. And he said, I want to kiss you. I couldn't care about the team struggling. I just want to kiss you. It was a horrible, it was a horrible moment. I saw it live. It was absolutely terrible. It was a a Jets uh, Patriots game. He later apologized and admitted that he was drunk during the interview. And Susie Colbert, to her credit, she said, all I need is an apology, which I got, and it's over. Now, Joe Naboth, who is 75, who grew up right here in western Pennsylvania in Beaver Falls, writes that it was a blessing in disguise and that he has not had a drink since. Joe Namath talked about the incident and his problems with drinking in his new book called All the Way, My Life in the Fourth Quarter, which was released just this week. Quote, I saw it as a blessing in disguise, Joe Namath wrote in the book. I had embarrassed my friends. I had embarrassed my family. And I could not escape that feeling. I haven't had a drink since. This is an article that Frank Carnival wrote for the Tribune today. He said, that shame I felt, that's where I found my strength to deal with the addiction. With the help of my recovery, I learned that I had used my divorce as an excuse to go back to drinking, and that knowledge made me a stronger individual. About his alcohol problem, Joe Namath writes that it led to his divorce from his wife, Deborah, back in 2000, and that he would, quote, be dead if he didn't stop drinking. The autobiography, which I'm kind of excited to look for, also covers uh, the Jets' historic Super Bowl against the Baltimore Colts, 1969. Of course, anyone who's a football fan knows that he guaranteed the victory and he delivered the victory. So, hey, the bottom line is that is a great sign for Joe Namath. I'm super, super happy to hear that. All right, thanks for being along in today's Ride Home. If you missed any portion of today's program, find us online. Our podcast is available on iTunes and at johnandkathyshow.com. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.